When did you first realize that you were not the one who was in control? Maybe it was spiritual, maybe it was relational, lots of other ways. That's an important topic, a big step for every single one of us. You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 291, Alan Taylor and Giving Up Control. Welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I am so glad that you found this show. I'm glad whether you whether it came to you from a friend or you were just searching around like, show me something good. The world's crazy right now, right? We've been through two years of pandemic or whatever, whatever that's been like for you. Uh, and so we need some good news. We need to hear some stories of God's faithfulness. I think we're going to get that today. I can't wait to hear uh, this story. By the way, if you you can do two things if you want to support this show uh, and you, you want to, you can always go out to Patreon and search up Halfway There Podcast and support the show that way. And if you're not interested in doing that, totally understand. Uh, it's weird out there. But you can also always tell a friend about this conversation, about another one that you loved, send them a text, shoot them a clip from Overcast, whatever whatever works for you. Uh, that goes a really long way to helping new people discover halfway there. So I appreciate it. All right. Our guest today, he's an author, he's an editor and a publisher. His most recent release is called I'm Not the King, uh, which by the way is one of my favorite audio adrenaline songs of all time. But anyway, we can talk about that some other time. Uh, it's, it's his personal testimony about his faith in, in Jesus Christ. And uh, he's going to share, of course, a lot of that with us today. Our guest is Alan Taylor. Alan, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you very much, Eric. Glad, glad to be here. Thanks, thanks for being here. I don't. Do you even know Audio Adrenaline? Have you, have you I do. That? I used to listen to them. I, I loved that song. I did not name my book for uh, for that song, but it's just a happy coincidence. <laughs> well, that, I can't know, I can't see it and not uh, not think of it. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the theme is the same uh, between yeah. my book and that song, but uh, yeah. Well, I don't know uh, what what's so. I won't go too deep into this, but everybody's watching the Beatles documentary right now, and of course that song was kind of a late reaction to John Lennon's, you know, quote about uh, how they're bigger than Jesus Christ. Like that whole thing yeah. is fa- fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Well, I'm sure you didn't name it for that. We'll get into that all as we, as we go. But so it's pretty broad strokes to say you're an author, editor, and publisher. So tell me more about kind of who you are and where God has you right now. Yeah. Uh, great question. I, you know, I, I've been a freelance writer for since 2006, full-time online content writer. And, uh, you know, I'm at a point now in my career, uh, as a writer where I just kind of feel like I'm ready for the next challenge, you know, where, where am I going next? But, you know, I've, I've felt that way for, well, two, three years, maybe, but, uh, you know, unlike some people where you just say, you know, they, they chart a course and say, well, I'm going to shoot off into a different direction. Uh, I couldn't do that. So because I didn't know where I wanted to go. So I just uh, prayed and asked God, hey, Lord, you know, what's next? And uh, you know, he laid it up on me to, to write this book. And, you know, I feel like I am moving toward a full time authorship um, gig. Uh, I've got another book coming out here in a couple of months, um, and I've got other other titles in, in the back of my mind I'm ready to write, 
but this was the first uh, the first step, and it's a quite a bit different than anything I've written in the past. I don't typically write about me, uh, and so uh, this uh, this this journey through my past and, and talking about that is, uh, <laughs> is, is kind of a new gig. So uh, yeah, that's where I am right now. Well, it can be uncomfortable, but it's, it's so powerful and, and helpful. So what, what have you written in the past? What are the things have you, have you written that this is kind of a departure from? Well, uh, like I said, I'm a freelance writer, so I do a lot of business writing, uh-huh. uh, you know, online business content, and uh, I specialize in financial technology. So I write about, uh, you know, high-minded stuff uh, that probably a lot of your listeners might be bored by. <laughs> uh, okay. But I've, I've also written fiction. I've written poetry. I was a journalist. Most of my writing has either been uh, highly imaginative, and I don't, uh, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I have quite an imagination. So it's either highly imaginative fiction or poetry, or it's just straightforward factual writing. Uh, and so this is not really any of those. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I, I tried to use, uh, storytelling or fictional telling techniques to tell the true story of how, uh, God intervened in my life and saved me from myself. And so, uh, it's a different kind of writing for me. Yeah. Well, fascinating. Okay. So that's, that's a good kind of overview, but I want to go back into your story and hear a lot more about kind of where, where, where you came from and, and your interactions with the Lord. So where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in Texas okay. and, you know, uh, I was raised in Dallas, Texas, um, a small suburb in the Dallas area. And we were, I was raised by Pentecostal holiness uh, uh, family. And so I had a religious background and uh, well, there, that's was got, lot, there were a lot of questions. Yeah, that's got, that's yeah, got go a ahead. very specific flavor to it, doesn't it? It does. It does. It, it absolutely does. Yeah. What was that like for you? You know, while I was in it, uh, I didn't question it, you know, because that's what I knew. That was my world. Um, and then, uh, it was more later when I left home that I started questioning things. Uh, but one thing that, that really made, uh, my religious environment, uh, I guess difficult to understand is the fact that my father was, was sort of verbally abusive. And so he was a rageaholic. So it was difficult to uh, difficult to live with. Uh, anything would set him off, uh, and he would go on a rampage. and uh, And I had trouble understanding that in light of uh, you know you know the scriptures that uh, talk about you know self control and you know mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit. You know, <laughs> uh, and I didn't see that in my father, and. Uh, and so I didn't, but I didn't question anything until later when I left home. So while I was in it, it was just uh, my life. I didn't, I didn't think about it. Sure. So I, I guess I, yeah, it's kind of got a specific flavor. I would probably uh, say there's probably some sort of like faith kind of things where like you got to have enough faith and then maybe it was a little, little bit legalistic. Was that your experience? So while I was there, I didn't we didn't talk about legalism. Legalism was not a word that we used. Um, 
that I recall later on when I started studying theology, not formally, but I, I studied on my own. Then, uh, you know, I came into concept with, you know, uh, came into contact with the concepts of, you know, saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And most of it was just reading the Bible for myself and allowing yeah. the Holy Spirit to interpret that for me. Well, so tell me about that and tell me about, like, so growing up, did you have your own personal experience of the Lord? Did they emphasize that or what was it? What was it like? How'd you come to faith yourself? Yeah. You know, there was a lot of talk when I was growing up. There was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, praying through and speaking in tongues and, mm. and that kind of thing. And and I was taught that you, know, you had to speak in tongues in order to be saved. And uh, I never questioned it. It didn't, uh, you know, uh, wasn't something that I ever thought about. But when I left home, you know, I went and uh, went in the army, joined the co- uh, went joined the army, went to college, and while in college, things kind of weren't. You know, I had my life charted out. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Which uh, is what? What do you want to do? Well, I wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer. And at first, I, you know, my big ambition was to be a novelist. And I thought going to college and and learning these, uh, you know, real powerful writing techniques from trained college professors would help me be a better writer. Probably didn't help, but uh, I thought it did. And so, so that's why I wanted to go to college. So I went to college and uh, I took creative writing courses and fiction writing and poetry writing and studied philosophy and uh, arts and humanities and all of that. And but, uh, you know, going into my last year of school, uh, things just uh, started to unravel. Uh, my veterans education benefits had run out. Uh, <clears throat> what I had been doing to earn income uh, was running a, uh, a, uh, a delivery service, and that dried up. So I was having trouble making ends meet and, and, and keeping the college thing going while trying to work. And it just uh, it fell apart. So one day, I just called out to God uh, and asked him, hey, look, if you're real, um, show me a sign. And he did. <laughs> uh, in a very powerful, immediate way, uh, I, I just found myself praising God uh, exuberantly and uh, clapping my hands and and. It was uh, the Holy Spirit had fallen on me, and I believe. And so that really made me think about, well, who is God and, and what really does he, what does he expect of us? You know, how do you get saved? And, and so I, start, I just started searching it out for myself and studying the Bible and uh, came to my own conclusions and realized that some of the things I had been taught growing up didn't really gel with uh, my reading of scripture and well like the for one thing the speaking in tongues thing uh i don't think that you you necessarily have to speak in tongues in order to be saved i had that experience uh but that was a holy spirit move in my life and so uh i don't think that is a requirement everyone has to do that Uh, and, and there are other things so there are doctrinal issues that uh uh, that I've struggled with. So my parents are, uh, are anti-Trinitarian. And so, so I've had to give it a lot of thought to, uh, you know, what, what is the nature of God and all of that. So 
So I've just had to think through all these things on my own and uh, and come to my own conclusions. Yeah, that's really interesting. They're Pentecostal but anti-Trinitarian. <clears throat> yeah, they are. They're holiness Pentecostal, but they don't uh, they don't buy the Trinitarian. So they're they're very they're variations of that uh, of that uh, flavor, and so. You know, you have oneness Pentecostals, and then uh, you have the you are Trinitarian Pentecostals, and so <clears throat> there are varying shades of of the movement. Hmm, interesting. And, uh, I, I don't know that yeah, I heard of and, that before, but yeah, that's uh, one time one one guy asked me, you know, if if you had to believe in the Trinity to be a Christian, and I was like, well, I kind of think it's important. <laughs> like that sort of seems like one of those. One of those foundational doctrines. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult question, you know, uh, because the Bible doesn't say that God is Trinitarian, but you know, if you read the you read, you know, the 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 verses that talk about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, seems to be talking about them in ways that they are very intimately connected. Right. Yeah, you either go that way, or which you know, obviously, the church wrestled with for a long time. Or you've got some other real problems, right? And so um, what's interesting, yeah. to, okay, so this is just an aside. What's interesting to me is that there's still, you can almost any any side or ways that other people have tried to resolve that issue, there's still groups who believe it, right? And you can you can point, you can point those out. Yeah. So very interesting. Okay, so, so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fascinating to me. I don't know, to be honest with you, if I've had very many people who come out of a holiness Pentecostal tradition on this show, partly because I just don't run in that circle. Right. So, um, so yeah. that's, that's fascinating. And it sounds like then you, some of your own reading and study kind of led you not only out of that tradition to maybe a, I don't know if you tell me a more what I would consider orthodox position. Um, but also, um, you know, that kind of changed your, your, understanding right yeah you know the whole trinity thing is is really uh boggled my mind because yeah i've really gone back and forth from whether whether or not you really have to believe in the trinity to be saved or whether you don't because the bible doesn't say so you've got to believe in jesus right yeah (laughs) yeah believe in jesus and and that's the bottom line is what do you make of jesus christ uh, and so, uh, but the the nature of God Himself is such a mystery that I'm I'm not even sure that the that the doctrine of the Trinity wraps it up nicely. Uh, well, it's <laughs> it's perilous I mean? to be sure. I'll, I'll never forget when I was writing my um, paper for my Master of Divinity. We had to do this like doctrinal paper at the very end where we kind of summed up everything that we yeah. believed. And uh, writing about the Trinity was so hard because you can like you're trying to say it in a new way that's not plagiarism right but but also yeah, yeah. but also is is correct and so it was really tough to like if you don't parse that exactly right then you end up on a different side perhaps uh of than orthodoxy perhaps um you know unintentionally which is which is challenging there's there's even like well anyway we can go we can get into it that's not really not really the point but so my my interest for you is in um, is in your the kind of the ways that 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 your studies helped you grow, right? As you were as you were studying these things, yeah. And I sometimes call that stage of faith, uh, like learning the ways of Jesus, right? So you're learning the ways of Jesus yeah. by studying, reading, 
studying theology, it sounds like what, so give me some ideas of how, like, as you studied certain things or books or mentors that really kind of shaped you in that season. Yeah. Uh, so, so pretty much right after, right after my experience with God, I, I just started studying the Bible. Okay. I, I, I went right into, you know, Genesis and, and the book of Romans and Ephesians. I spent a lot of time in Ephesians and Romans and we didn't do that growing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's all a uh, handpicking, you know, this verse, that verse, oh, this fits in nicely for what I want to say. And when I started reading books of the Bible from beginning to end, uh, I noticed that they all have themes. You know, so, you know, what's the theme of, you know, Galatians? Well, it's, uh, it's legalism. Okay. I mean, you're not going to please God by following rules and regulations. Um, and then what's the uh, theme of Ephesians? Well, the church is the body of Christ. There's a mystery wrapped up in Christ, and that is the church. And so I, I started developing the, I started realizing these themes that, uh, and, and then I started connecting those themes to each other and realized, well, you know, what he's saying here in, in the book of Romans here, and uh, it matches up with what he's saying over here in, uh, in, and and Philippians and, and Galatians and, and Colossians. So you have this this these micro themes that kind of play into the macro theme of who God really is. And it, it and you can spend a whole life studying the Bible and I don't think get to the bottom of it. But uh that's what happened. My discipleship was more direct with the Holy Spirit and and less about some uh individual taking me under the taking me under his wing which happens with a lot of people and not i'm not saying that's wrong that didn't happen that way for me uh primarily because i've had trust issues mm. <clears throat> a lot especially with male authority figures and so uh i've had to figure things out on my own and uh the holy spirit helped me work through that yeah which actually is sort of interesting i mean i can understand where that comes from given what you've shared already about your relationship with your dad and how that was confusing uh, for you. And then also, um, yeah, so that kind of, that, that can kind of keep you, keep you isolated. So where did you go from there and how, and what else, uh, you know, what, what else did, did you kind of start? How did, how did the Lord develop you from there? Well, I had to go looking for a church. I knew instinctively, um that i needed to be in a church family were you still in texas uh i was okay yeah at that time i was in texas um and, and so i knew i just i needed to be in a church family but uh i, I wasn't uh, gonna go back to the old church that i grew up in i didn't think that was the the right environment so i went uh i went search of a church before that happened though an, an interesting little um I guess synchronicity moment occurred when a young family knocked on my door, a young man, a wife, and his, his little daughter. He's probably three or four years old. They knocked on my door. He was a pastor of a new church in the area, just right up the street from uh, where I was living at the time. And they were meeting in a hotel. And uh, they showed up and he invited me to church. So uh, I, I said, okay, sure. So I decided to go to church with him. 
And that was just an interesting little synchronicity. It turned out that wasn't the church for me, but uh, I was there for maybe a couple of months <clears throat> and then went looking for my own, uh, for another church and found one um, that was pastored by a man named uh, Morris Sheets. <clears throat> and uh, he was a great preacher. I learned a lot from him. And I developed relationships, made some friends there. And God just kind of grew me um, through these relationships that I would build, even though if they were short-term relationships, they weren't necessarily all long-term relationships. They might have just been uh, for a year or two. But <clears throat> I just learned that, that you know God has a plan that is way bigger than our own imaginations. And, you know, I've just got to trust in his plan and in his ways and means and not my right. own. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm curious about some more of your experiences as you were doing, as you were kind of going through all that. As you know, we we talk about some of the harder experiences as well in the spiritual journey. So as you were growing and kind of studying scripture, it sounds like too, I, you know, I know that grace is kind of a really big big deal for you you're growing up in that legalistic environment and then finding finding grace throughout scripture that's kind of a big deal yeah grace is very important um not just for salvation you know it's uh you know clear that we are saved by grace not uh you know not by works and so of course that faith is that, that grace is administered through our faith in christ which says in Ephesians uh, 2, 8, 9, which is, um, you know, not of ourselves, but is also a gift from God. So, so grace is very important. Um, it's also important, I think, in the practice of daily living. Because, you know, we're flesh and bones. Uh, we are very easy to forget. And. Uh, we tend to be selfish or self-centered by nature. Um, and so, you know, your flesh is going to bump up against my flesh and there's going to be some friction. And that's why we need to have grace toward each other. And, you know, uh, Christ's two, two commandments, you know, love the Lord and the God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, those are two things go hand in right. hand you, know, you can't really have one without the other and so so I'm, I'm real big on grace and so if i don't understand what someone else might be saying or don't understand what they might be you know thinking or or what their motives are i like to ask questions and not uh you know not jump to conclusions or you know ascribe false motivations and those kind of things uh that gets done awful <laughs> lot um by christians and uh and, uh, and, I, and I'm very careful. I try yeah, not to do that. Indeed. I think that's, that's yeah. really hard. And even yeah. going back to some of our earlier com conversation, like it's tough when people don't believe the things <laughs> that you think are right. Right. Like to, to go, yeah. well, why wouldn't they believe that? Well, you know, there's reasons, but, uh, you gotta, you gotta also give we have to give one another grace as well. Uh, okay. So where did you go from there? And, 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 well, I guess what I really want to ask is, do you did you, have you been through a season that you would call a dark night of the soul? 
Yeah, I think we probably all go through something uh, of that nature at some point. And so for me, uh, there's probably been a couple, maybe two or three. Uh, there was a moment, not, probably I was uh, maybe three or four years at this point. So the newness had worn off. I had done a lot of study and a lot of prayer. So it was pretty firm in what I believed at the time and, and fairly, I think, grounded in, in what I would call orthodox uh, um, theology. And I became a bookstore manager for a Christian bookstore. But I was, I was not really mature enough to handle that position. Not in a business sense. Yeah, you know, uh, I had a college degree at that point. I was I was real good at doing the books. Um, there were certain things that I was real good at business wise selling. I could sell a Bible, <laughs> you know, probably better than anyone in the company. I, I knew how to narrow down to people, you know, based on their theology, the church they go to, their background, what kind of Bible they might be interested in. So so the business end of it is OK. It was the spiritual relationship part of it um that that really done me in and so so i had some issues and uh those came out so i still had some uh, immaturity and some flesh things that i was struggling with and uh and uh yeah i, I made a offhand comment to one of my employees one time that uh was uh, sexual in nature and uh it really uh spiraled into uh, a bad situation that uh, I ended up being reprimanded and uh, I didn't stick with that company for too long after that but uh, they ended up firing me for other reasons but uh, you know once you get a blight on your record for one thing then they they tend to scrutinize you for all kinds of other things and so that moment uh, probably uh, what a year and a half time period working for that company was uh what i would call a dark night of the soul because i was excited when i first got there you know it was a good job you know it was, I, mean, I love books and uh it was a good environment but i just wasn't right for that position yeah well, okay so where was god and all that and then how what did he teach you about yourself uh, you know i think the lesson that i learned is that I I cannot clean up my own act. Mm. <laughs> I cannot clean myself up. That's that's what he does. That's what he did on the cross. Uh, you know, and so I just had to learn that, that that there's no amount of effort on my part that will ever make me uh, good enough for God. Uh, and I also learned something interesting about um, I guess the church because i kind of expected at that at that point in my walk with the lord i I kind of expected a christian company to operate differently than a secular company might and i've just found that not to be the case um and and i think there's various reasons Mm -hmm. for that but um that that really uh that really made me stop and think about how uh, how I present myself 
in in a professional setting, whether that setting is a Christian setting or or any other setting, and how to uh, really be a reflection of God's goodness, uh, in spite of myself. <laughs> you know, because uh, I can't be good on my yeah. own. Uh, I don't think any of us can. You know, we can be maybe good enough, but we can't be good. Um, and, and I think, uh, depending on what our, our sins were, you know, what, what, uh, we gravitate gravitated toward before our redemption, it can be even more difficult for some people to, uh, uh, to, to be a representative for God. And so I just had to stop and think, well, you know, what did he make me for and what am I here for? And how can I be a better reflection of him in spite of my shortcomings? Yeah. So you, it sounds like you obviously learned some things about what's appropriate in the workplace, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And uh, learned that you were probably too mature for that position. Where, where'd you go from there? Well, from there that, you know, then I, I bounced from that into telemarketing um, and, and did telemarketing and telephone sales for a while. And I did that for a few years um and there were temptations you know ultimately over time i learned that uh i could control certain things uh if i if i prayed about it and just asked god to help me then i could control certain things and so there was a there was one time when uh I was sitting at a phone, getting ready to make a phone call, and one of my coworkers shoved a picture in my face. <clears throat> it was a picture of her <clears throat> nude, and she was showing me her tattoo. <laughs> oh my! And I thought, wow, you know, she just threw it right in her face. And so, you know, I had to get up and walk away, and you know, get a drink of water, and come back, and you know, and, and I got that behind me, but. Over time, these little temptations would uh, would show up less and less, uh, less and less often. And when they did, then I knew I knew how to deal with them. You know, so uh, you know, you uh, flee the devil, and he'll you know you know rebuke the devil, and he'll flee from you. So I just learned to to say, look, I'm not going for this. Yeah, you know, uh, and and I would. I learned to control my temper, you know, because I had a temper. Um, you know, I learned how to control my urges and uh, eventually uh, found a wife and that helped. And so it was just a, a learning experience overall. And so, but, but I was in, I was in telephone sales for, I don't know, maybe five or six years before I jumped uh, to journalism and uh, went and got a job as a newspaper editor. And what I learned is, uh, just about every place that I, I worked uh, in, in a corporate environment, there was some type of friction um, between myself and my coworkers. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, me being a Christian. And what I learned was, you know, that's just a part of the game. You know, <laughs> you can't fight that. You, you know, you, you have to embrace that. Um, and so I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I'm curious too, you know, you, you described 
developing in sort of your, I'm going to call it, going to call it your resistance to, you know, sin and, you know, sounds like lust and anger and those kinds of things. Or, I mean, we all, we all deal with those things. Um, I'm, I'm really curious how that became, uh, you know, what, what, what you did, like, was there, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm just going to draw some, conclu- or make some connections. And so you tell me if this is right or not, but like sure. you, you mentioned that your father was sort of verbally abusive and you kind of had this like maybe missing piece or like you were trying to maybe live up to some things. And so how did that, how did, how did God deal with that in you and help you to help you mature? Cause I think that's one of those really fascinating things that I wish we talked about more. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And the first step you know, is kind of like the, the whole 12 step program for AA. Yeah. You know, uh, the first, first step is to realize you have no control. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I didn't go through the program, but you know, I, you know, I had to realize I picked up certain habits from my father, whether I wanted to or not. Yeah. Uh, and so I started seeing, I started seeing some of the same things in me that I saw in my father and I didn't like it. And, you know, I just had to, you know, I had to pray and meditate and really think through, wow, how do I control something that is so huge and such a big part of me that uh, I can't remove it. You know, it's a part of my personality. It's a part of my character, um, but it's an ugly part. How do I get rid of that? And I realized I, I couldn't do that on my own. And so I just did a lot of prayer and, and asked the Lord to, to show me how I can, you know, put it under control and keep it under control. And ultimately, he just gave me a piece about it. And, you know, he said to me, you know, you're not, you're not in control. All you have to do is trust me. And so then I did. Um, It's sort of like when Abraham, God told Abraham, okay, go, okay, go to the place that I will show you. He didn't tell him to go to any place specifically. He said, go to the place that I will show you. Mm. I'm going to show you later where I'm going to tell you to go. Right. Right now, I just want you to go. Okay, just go. And and that's kind of how it was um, with my anger, with my lust, with with my fears. You know, I had a lot of fear. And and so um, I just I just had to put a step forward, you know, yeah. and, and trust that God was going to uh, even out the uh the path and and he did yeah that's interesting did you ever have an experience with with the lord in in any way as as father yeah you know it's kind of hard to describe but uh i I guess uh, you know you're talking about like intimate moments uh where god acts as as your father and and he sort of is your father in that moment and I'm thinking there were, there were times the, the problem that I've struggled with a lot is because of my 
relationship with my father and 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 the anger i i had a block mm, um, yeah. you know for uh, uh for any type of father figure uh, including god so even after <laughs> even after becoming a christian i found it difficult to think of god as my father even though scripture says he, he is uh, you know uh i'm his adopted son he's my father right um so i have had those moments but i feel like i feel like they're not as deep as they could be and as deep as they should be uh and so it's something that i'm still working toward mm. um and so, yeah, pray, pray for me that I can get there. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So, w- thank you for sharing that because, you, know, I think that is a common experience. Like there, there is, you know, it's one thing to read these things in scripture. It's one thing to read what God says, and you know what the what the writers of the Bible say, and use these metaphors for God and how we understand. Um, but it's a whole nother thing to experience them. You know, I mean, that's why yeah. like I, we, we talk about the the Christian experience. And so to, to even admit like, Hey, that's a, that's a tough space I think is really brave. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing that. And also I just, I like, I, you know, I, I wonder how many of us out there actually have those kinds of issues, right? Like there's yeah, uh, where, you know, a parent or maybe there's neglect or, you know, just outright abuse or all kinds. I've, I've heard plenty of those stories where, where people experience these things and it's tough to connect with God in those kinds of ways. So for you, did that, do you think that has resulted in like more of an intellectual understanding than an emotional understanding of God or an experience of God? Yeah. Um, I, I think I have used in my life, uh, more times than I would care to admit, um, intellectualism as a as a guard against uh, losing emotional control. Yeah, uh, I'm very much geared toward the intellect. And for the longest time, I mean, I was 37 before I got married. Uh, as a young man, I just didn't want. I didn't want relationships. I wasn't interested. Yeah. Um, and it's because I was angry, you know. Um, once I got over that and 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 started moving toward interest in marriage, what I realized was God God breaks down barriers. Mm-hmm. And so I have over time softened and yeah, I'm still I'm still very much intellect oriented. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to emotional involvement anymore like I used to be, and so I still struggle with it though. <clears throat> so, which is to- totally normal, I think. So, yeah, yeah that's really. Uh, you you said something there that was that was really good. Like you were really angry, and you had to get over that. So, was there? Is, and you also mentioned that was maybe time. So maybe it was just time for you and maturity and, and learning to let that go. But was there something like, did you read a book or was there, did you get counseling or like what, what helped you kind of get in touch with that anger and let it go? Gosh. Yeah. I don't know if I can really pinpoint it. Cause, um, mm-hmm. 
which is okay too. Yeah, I, you know, I did do some counseling, but counseling didn't help me much um, for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I did a secular counselor. <laughs> I think I put the yeah, I put this in my book. I was in a a, uh, a college counseling group counseling thing with uh, with several other uh, students at the at the school I was attending. And one of the older men, I, I was in probably 22, 23 at the time. And this was before I came to the Lord. Uh, but this, this man sitting right next to me just blurted out, I killed my father. Whoa. And boy, I was like, wow, you did what? So, well, the counselor explained to me that, that the man and his father had had words. And then uh, his father died shortly after. Uh so he he was internalizing um, that experience and transferring it onto himself, and that made me think. You know, here I am, twenty three, angry at my father. How would I feel if if that had happened? So that kind of started me on the path of thinking, thinking. But I, I couldn't deal with it on my own. Um, I dropped out of that counseling session shortly after that. Uh, I didn't go back to that counseling anymore because I thought, wow, I'm not as, I'm not as bad as some of those other folks. You know, <laughs> they've got real issues and I'm just angry. Okay. So, but then later on, I tried a Christian counselor and it was going okay for a while, but then, then he got uh, another gig and was going to refer refer me to another counselor and i just didn't go back i didn't yeah, go yeah. to the other counselor so but i found that the counseling the counseling wasn't really helping me as as much uh, really what what really helped me get over the anger is is just praying and trusting god and realizing um that you know my dad is who he is i'm, I'm not going to change him you know, and, and you only have one father. And so, yeah, which sounds a lot like acceptance, right? Accepting this yeah. is, this is the reality and, and right. that God is still good in spite of what you had, what you experienced. Exactly. And, uh, you know, my dad's not an all bad person. I mean, he had, sure. he's got, uh, he's got some great qualities and, uh, I missed out on a lot uh, because I was angry. And, uh, and so uh, I realized that, uh, you know, now he's up in his 80s. He's, he's about to turn 80. And, uh, and so we have just a little bit of time left that we can actually enjoy each other's company. And, uh, and so I think it's important to, um, to take advantage of that time that we have left. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. So thanks. I really appreciate that um, you kind of go in there because I think it it is really important and you are not alone in, you know, having a tough time seeing God as, as father. And I think also just using intellectual stuff to, you probably got a healthy dose of like emotional spirituality as a, as a Pentecostal kid. Right. So I can yeah. see where the reaction <laughs> to that would be like, Oh, okay. Uh, let's, let's think about this instead, which is actually kind of a really fascinating aspect of your spiritual experience with, with the Lord. Um, which is, yeah, very, that kind of makes some, some sense. 
Um, okay. Well, that's interesting. So that you, you were working as a journalist and, you know, get, and certainly maturing and, and growing in that way. What, um, you know, where, where did that lead? And why did you decide to start like writing your own story? What, what were you hoping to, to do with that? Yeah, real good question. Um, you know, it started out with um, some letters I had been getting from my mom. You know, my mom felt like uh, she had not done a good job of teaching uh, my sisters and me and my nieces and nephews about uh, the faith. And uh, so she wrote us all letters and I felt the need to respond to some of those letters. So I started uh, writing a letter of my own. And it turned out the letter was, was really long. <laughs> it was really long and it didn't have the right tone to it. And so I put it aside for a year and let it sit and went back to it and started rewriting it, hoping to, to, to really get the tone right. But I realized as I was doing that, what I was really doing was writing my testimony and uh, yeah, basically writing my testimony to my mom. And uh, I just felt like, you know, this is bigger than, you know, just what I might have in disagreements with my mom. This is, this is my story. This is the story of how God has worked in my life and to make me who I am today. Mm. And it needs a broader audience. And so I felt like I needed to, to publish that as my witness, my witness statement, Yeah, um, you know, and because I'm a writer, I've been a writer all my life and I've spent a lot of time alone reflecting self-reflecting so i'm introverted by nature um <clears throat> and i just felt like that was appropriate you know so uh, because we're called to be witnesses and so yep. so that's uh that's where that came about yeah interesting okay and why did you call it i'm not the king we're back to that yeah a great great question so i've spent so much of my life uh, trying to be in control, you know, trying to be in control of, you know, my emotions, my intellect, uh, my environment. You know, when I left home, I didn't want to be in a position to where I was reliant on other people, you know, for my well-being, financial well-being, uh, emotional well-being, whatever. I wanted to be in control. So I spent a considerable amount of time um, manipulating the elements in my favor. And what I learned when, you know, when Christ, you know, uh, uh, changed me, when he, you know, uh, I guess that, that experience uh, where the Holy Spirit convicted me uh i realized i am not as in control as i think i am 
Uh, I am not the king of my, you know, I acted like I was the king of my life, but I am not. Uh, and so, uh, so I titled it, I am not the king because it is, it is how I discovered who the real king is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So that, and that of course would be, would be Jesus. I love that, uh, that you named it that very interesting. Okay. Friends, you can find Alan. His website is author, com, and you can check it out. There's a link there to the book. And of course, as always, we have everything linked up at halfway there podcast.com. You can find the show notes. If you're washing the dishes or driving around or whatever you're doing, you can definitely go to halfwaythereapodcast.com, find the show, and get access to those things. Alan, I really appreciate you sharing your story, just a, just a little bit of it there, and going to some some really vulnerable places. I think that was great. Uh, is there anything you want to leave us with? Well, I, you know, I would say that if you are, you know, if you are struggling with anger or or lust or any sin and you're wondering if if god is real or if god uh, can help you uh, win the victory then i can tell you that he does that he can and he will you know so if you seek diligently in the face of the lord you ask him uh, sincerely, repeatedly, if you need to, uh, to to help you overcome. You knock on his door, he will always answer. And so I, I encourage anyone, young or old, male or female, whatever you know, your background is, race, religion, uh, no religion, uh, you know, just look to the God of the universe and uh, he will straighten out your path. And it's not going to be a cakewalk. You know, there are difficult moments, even as a Christian, sometimes more difficult moments. But God has given me peace, even in, uh, in very, difficult, very difficult times. And so uh, I encourage that. Yeah, seek first the kingdom. That is the way I feel like somebody somebody said that once and it uh, still works right so that's great absolutely thanks a lot Alan I appreciate it thank you